ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Points. Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Wombat, and I'm going to have to guesstimate when, <laughs> how to fucking line these audios up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not my problem. That's John, your problem. John wanted to shout out Chlamydia instead of actually doing a clap. <laughs> I did a clap. There's a clap there. Missing missing a perfect opportunity also to say clapmidia. Oh. Yeah. Also, no. chlamydia is already de- no. like called the clap. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah, so you could have just said the clap. The clap. I, I did the first time, but you didn't hear it or acknowledge it or you just failed so the next time i just said chlamydia oh i see i thought you were i don't know what i thought you said you know <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> you're uh you're all over the place tonight hey so um yeah this is glowing weak point the show where we talk about video games and stuffs yeah John, and uh before before we go anywhere i need to i need to talk to you about something Oh, oh, is this a business meeting? No, it's not. Um, oh, damn. This is, this is about a recommendation you've made in the past about anime, right? So, oh, okay. So yeah. you made the recommendation to watch Taisho Otome Fairy Tale, which, by okay, the way, yeah. is, is a miserable name to have to say to anybody. Um, that's just... Yes. It's a mouthful, and I hate it. But... It's yeah. a really, it's a really sweet anime, and I like it a lot. It's, a, it's good romance, good uh, period piece mm-hmm. romance. But John, yeah, it 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 did the the romance anime original sin, and you know what that is. Okay. You, no, because I don't watch romance anime. Okay, you 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 know you know this trope though. It's it's when the male character gets into some like suspicious circumstance that is really nothing with another yeah. female character yeah. and then just yeah. does not say anything to his partner hey, here here's we're, we're not we're not especially um relationshiply inclined here we're i'm not gonna say that either of us are are uh particularly paramours and 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 awesome at relationships but here's the number one rule in any relationship talk yeah talk I- <laughs> about everything all the things discuss them just everything's always on the table if something happens <laughs> just talk just say it'll- something yeah uh, it'll make your life infinitely more livable just talk to your significant other. If a woman steals into your bedroom in the middle of the night and and thieves away with your, your wallet and the only birthday present you've ever received in your life, just tell your girlfriend. You can just tell yeah. her that. Talk. <laughs> yeah. Instead of making her think that you have a mistress that came in on your birthday after she she had done everything for you that day. And really, the whole rest of your life, also. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, just tell her. Just say, "Hey, yeah, a, a woman from the town stole my wallet." 
It was that yeah. easy. I hated that. I hated that whole situation. It lasted like fucking three episodes, like across three episodes. It was the length of like two episodes. It was, but it was the end of one episode, the whole of the next episode, and the and start then, of a like, third episode. Anything that could still be around was resolved in the the start of the third episode. Yeah. But it was still, it, it was too long. It was too long because it didn't need to happen in the first place. I hated that. Yeah, no, I, I will agree with that. It was it was not a great uh, arc. No. Um, it, it did at least, it, it started a, an arc that is more interesting, where he starts to, like, teach the children in the town. But there were ways. School, yeah. There were ways yeah. that they could have gotten to that point. Without using this fucking cheap, cheap bullshit. Yeah. 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 Anyway, John, what's your glowing weak point? Ah, uh, oh, oof. Um, uh, I started making bentos this week. Okay. And they're super tasty. All right. Yeah, and they're pretty. And they're healthier, because there's actually, like vegetables and stuff in them i like a good bento i haven't yeah. had a bento in a very long time yep um i'm trying to get like a, a proper bento box for christmas don't know if that'll happen or and if it doesn't i'll just purchase it for myself uh <laughs> i try not to make large purchases uh the month before christmas yeah because then my, my family hates me when i do that because uh, that's normally how I live is I go, I want this thing. Okay, I'm a freaking adult. I'll get this thing because I want it. Right. Um, and uh, and then, then it comes time for gift giving seasons and people are like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. I've already got myself everything. <laughs> that's, um, that's but yeah, I've been. Oh. Go. No. You go. Um. <laughs> But I, I've I've been using basically like Tupperware, and um, making making stuff in there. So I did did some uh, uh, octopus wieners with oh, some, I saw some that. rice and and onigiri. Yeah, it was very tasty. And then I made some um, minchi katsu, which is a, a minced meat uh, cutlet. Delicious. Okay. And then I was going to make today some. Um, uh, Kuroke, the the croquettes, meat and potato, right? Uh, deep fried, and then I slept in and didn't. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've I've been enjoying it. It's it's a little bit of an art to to get all the colors in and to to keep the. The some things separate, but other things mixed in, and making it pretty while also a balanced meal. It's yeah. fun. Okay, that's good. Yeah. What about you? What was your glowing weak point? Um. Okay. Uh. Let's see. <clears throat> my my glowing weak point is that I need to stop saying uh so much. No. Um. I I don't. I think that's what you're looking forward to for next week. Not your glowing weak point. <laughs> I just picked up a pair of glasses from from my my eye doctor, and they they okay. They're glasses. 
you know they that's they nice yeah. my my prescription didn't actually change much if at all so it, it's really just like i haven't had a pair a new pair of glasses uh, in two years i should get a new pair of glasses yeah yeah that was really that was really all it was did i have any mm-hmm. other glowing weak point that is more significant <clears throat> probably not <laughs> at least one that w- wasn't game related probably not Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, if that's what you got, that's what you got. Uh, speaking of games, uh, I guess I could. Oh. Um, I, I've I've actually uh I've got a question this week. Oh, we shit. don't always do this this no, micro you, segment. You've uh you've you've been leaving it off recently. Yeah. Uh. Well, that's because I'm exhausted constantly. Um. But I have a question for you. Uh. We've we've kind of paused the the light novel segment but uh are you reading anything right now you got got any cool things you're reading fun fun stories i've i've paused my reading for a moment just because like i don't know i i've been having a bad time at work recently and when i go on break i don't want to then read it's like yeah i get that let, and, and then I go home, and I don't want to read at home either, so I've just been paused on reading. But I do have two books. Okay. Uh, like, I've been reading the second Discworld book. Uh, I, I'm, okay. like, halfway through it. And then I've got lined up the third So I'm a Spider, So What novel. Like, that's going <laughs> to be my next, light, like, personal reading light novel. Okay. Yeah. And, and then I've also got the eleventh. That time I got reincarnated as a slime novel for afterwards. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Oh, you, and got, in you de- got several lined up. And in December, the fourteenth Infinite Dendrogram novel comes out. So, oh yeah, got good shit coming. These are all those are all series that I'm like they they actually get me hype. You know. Well, speaking about things that are coming, and uh, thus reasons why I'm reading, uh, I've been chugging through the Witcher books. So I've I finished the the first and second books and had a blast with them. And I'm about a quarter of the way the, through the third one, which has no real bearing on the actual story of the Witcher, but it's it just kind of fills out the world, which I like. Um, it's the Silmarillion of Witcher novels. <laughs> no 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 uh because the silmarillion is the story this is more like uh oh yeah and the witcher fucked off to nowhere's land for a while and did these other things that have no bearing on his future or oh it's a filler arc <laughs> yeah it's the, oh, yeah it's basically the arc from one piece <laughs> they fuck off into the sky yeah, they, for a while and do some bullshit and then, and then promptly forget most everything that happens up there. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it just, it like, it fills out his character a little. It it introduces you to some characters that are dead by the start of the, the series. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, with The Witcher coming out uh, soon, I mean, it's it's gotta be soon because it was... December that it's supposed to come out. Um, Wait, what's coming out? Oh, the second uh, season of The Witcher? Yeah. Ah. 
Um, I'm not sure I ever finished the first season, so I haven't been keeping up with that. December 17th. So it's it's fantastic. You really should watch it. Um, I mean, it, it, it did prove that Henry Cavill can actually, like, act, and he was just given a bad script mm-hmm. with, with the Superman movies. With with everything he had done so far? Yeah. Because <laughs> wasn't he also in... Um... He was in one of the oh. Mission Impossible movies. But yeah, I, think, I think people I can't... actually liked him in that one. I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I do think people yeah. liked that one. Mission Impossible Fallout. Is that the one where he... I can't remember if he was supposed to take over for um, Tom Cruise and they just ripped it from him? No, that was the one with Jeremy Cause... Renner. Jeremy okay. Renner was supposed Yeah, I to couldn't remember which of the two of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner is supposed to take over for a lot of people and it won't happen. No. And thank goodness for that. <laughs> But Jerry, Jeremy Renner should bring back the Renner app. <laughs> yes, yes, he should. That's the that's so the, that we can all spend money to be friends with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, <laughs> we should <laughs> we should start the glowing weak point app where we just we talk about our lives and uh, you pay money to like our posts, uh, pretend to be friends with us. Yes. <laughs> Oh, we uh, would make less money than Jeremy Renner, but not significantly <laughs> we would, less. <laughs> we would make less money than we do currently, because somehow we would get sued. <laughs> and we don't currently make money, so... I mean, it, it would just be clearly, like, a, a thieving Jeremy Renner's idea. Uh, does he have a patent on it, is the, the issue. No, because it's another company that... I, I don't know. I, I don't know that we should continue talking about this because it's so shit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, as you tried to segue to earlier, right. we uh we play games on this podcast and, or not on the podcast. So uh, tell me about SMT five. Okay, Shin Megami Tensei five. Uh, you might have looked down in our document and noticed that it is currently my number one pick for the best games of the year. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it's it's my favorite game that I've played this year and possibly like in a long time. It might be it might be like my favorite game ever, honestly. OK, um, Shin Megami Tensei five is everything I've ever wanted Shin Megami Tensei to be. It is it is wow. Persona stripped with all the like superfluous bullshit stripped away and just leaving like essentially a really <laughs> tight battle system. Uh nice. Yeah. Like there I love the Persona games, but sometimes you get like swamped in all of the like characters you have to be talking with and all of the stats you have to be raising, and Shin Megami Tensei is just a straightforward dungeon crawler. You level up, you get stronger, you negotiate with demons, you you pick them up like they're Pokemon, and, and then you fuse them together <laughs> into weirder and stronger demons. And this one, okay, this one has a lot of blood of like Xenoblade Chronicles in it, 
Uh, okay. The there's no dungeons in this one, which is weird. Like the overworld is the dungeon, and it's usually it's usually okay. like the overworld is a method to get to the next dungeon with these games. But instead, yeah. you have like large sprawling maps that reward you constantly for exploring every nook and cranny. Uh, there, there's like little Mimon creatures that you find, and you collect five of those, and you get a reward from the store every five. And so, like, you're constantly looking for them. And the map is built in such a way where there's a lot of room to explore in each new, like, section of the map. But it's also immediately clear how to proceed to the next section. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it's open world-ish, but with a clear pathway. Like, you can go back into the map, like, once you've finished an area, and look at where you started on the map and easily trace your path. To where you finished. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's really good. Um, a lot of people will probably say that it's a whole bunch of sand and there's no color to it. It's another gray, boring game. To which I reply, yes, but the color <laughs> the color comes from the demons. Like, I mean, really, there's always a splash of color on the screen because your character, when you're in the um, the ruined Tokyo that you're exploring, you have long, bright blue hair. So there is, there's constantly, your character is catching your eye constantly against the backdrop, which I thought was a really <clears throat> cool touch. Um, it works better than like yeah. in Shin Megami Tensei 3. Where, where your character's colors were also muted and then everything around you was muted and it, it, so it was dark just constantly. Yeah. Um, and all of the demons are, are like... They can be cutesy and colorful or like, like dark, but but they stand out against uh, against the, the landscape all the time. Um. I don't know. I think okay. I think it works. I think it works really well, like portraying the idea that this place is ruined and desolate, and, but also keeping you engaged with what's happening. Like, so I have a question for you. It's very important. Okay. Is the demon Mara in Shin Megami Tensei Five? I have not seen him yet, but it could be that he is a higher level demon. Okay. Yeah, I'm also known as. The Torn King of Desire and the Throbbing King of Desire. Yeah, he's a penis demon on a chariot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know exactly the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't I haven't seen him Why yet. Why the fuck does it exist? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it comes from some, like, religion somewhere. Because that's where most of these demons come from. They're like... Uh, like the demons are are sometimes like Greek gods or goddesses or demons or or they're they're um, Christian demons or they're Hindu gods or demons or they're Shinto yokai and stuff like that. You know, they <clears throat> they they're always drawn from somewhere. So I imagine the the penis demon just is a thing in somebody's religion somewhere. 
apparently Mara is a slang word used by Japanese Buddhist monks for penis. Okay, well. (laughs) 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 Great. Yeah. Great, perfect, perfect. I love that. Okay. But no, um, I'm probably about halfway through the game. Like, my character is level 41, 42. And I've entered the third, like, like map. And I'm partway through that now. And this uh, this is, like, a significant jump in difficulty, too. I have game-overed multiple times in this new area as compared to the maybe twice I game-overed in in the previous two areas combined. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to figure myself out in this new area right now. Okay. So you've played Destiny well, two. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I'm seeing that. It's 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 been a slow week because I've been very busy. <laughs> uh, and the the worst part is I've just I've been super busy. And looking, like, thinking back over what I've done, I can't pick anything in particular. Right. It's just, I was always busy. I was doing um, something, and it accomplished yeah. nothing, but I was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's frustrating. Um, Tell me about it. Because I wish I could, I wish I could at least say, like, oh yeah, I accomplished this with my life, but... I didn't. That's how I feel about my work week. Uh, and and honestly, that continues into uh, Destiny, because I did a lot of things and accomplished none of them. Oh. Um, since since the last time we... Uh, I, I was working on getting the Grandmaster done for the Proving Grounds again, one of the ones that we did two seasons ago. At, at the beginning of, of this show. And uh, it was, was one of the ones that was pretty, really, really hard, but we managed to get it done. But now the meta's completely changed, and it's a lot harder to do. Oh, no. And we didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have to wait for it to come back around again, because we just, we couldn't get it done. Bullshit. Uh, we're we're c- close to getting it, but we just we just didn't have enough time to do it. Um, and then this week we were working on the hallowed lair, which thank God is going away where it's, it's going to, this is the, the last season that it will be in the game at all. Oh, they're just Um, cutting it. They're just going to, they're, they're cutting it and they're, they're vaulting it. It's going into the destiny content vault and they might pull it back at some later time, but the the area where it's currently hosted is going away which is a little bit of a bummer cuz it's a kind of a cool area but it's been around a while now and i i get it there's there's not a whole lot happening there and this frees up more room to put a new place and the the strikes that are in this area just suck they're 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 bad strikes um and the hallowed lair is the worst of them the Destiny Content uh, Vault just sounds like a worse version of the Disney Vault. Like, like just yeah, you know, the Disney Vault is where they keep Song of the South. 
Oh, wait. You know yeah. what? No, the Disney vault is worse. The Disney vault is worse than the Destiny yeah. vault. Yeah. <laughs> right there, you, you proved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't open that but vault. Yeah, this strike... This strike is just awful. So, about half of the enemies in the strike, when you kill them, a very small homing, exploding enemy pops out of them. No. So, it's this It's this little... Uh, I forget what they're... Screeb is what they're called. It's a tiny screeb, and it, it crawls along the floor and and homes towards the nearest person and then it blows up and in grandmaster it kills you oh no uh but here's the thing about it uh bungie has great code and sometimes they go underground <laughs> sometimes they just kind of phase through the floor oh. but they're still crawling towards you and then they get close to you and then they explode and the explosion still kills you is it like ooh you know what? They should just they should they should embrace that and instead just change the um change the model to look like the Dune sandworm. <laughs> and then every time um, it it explodes from underground and kills you, it's just the sandworm eating you. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's uh it's a pain in the ass. Um and again, about half of the enemies in this strike are that enemy that spawn the things when they die. That's too many. Plus, even in the normal strike, uh, the boss is a large open arena with very little uh, hiding spots and has multiple forced immunity phases that you can't do anything to speed through. So, like, the boss spawns, you attack him a bit, you get him down a third of his health, and then he just, he, he teleports away, and you, you can't attack him anymore. And then he spawns, like, five waves of, of enemies, which each wave is, like, 15 enemies. Jesus. <laughs> Most of which are the Screeb spawning little sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too many. That's uh, and too then, high a percentage for an enemy like that. Like, why? When he p comes back, um, he can take a little bit of damage before he goes immune again. And this time, he tethers you, drags you up into the air, and starts dragging you towards him. Um, meanwhile, there are lots of enemies around because he keeps spawning waves of enemies while he's doing this. And you have to damage him to, like, break his shield, which will drop you out of the tether. And then you can do a little bit more damage. And then he does it again. Again, still spawning waves of enemies. Ugh. And you shoot him enough, and then he teleports away again. And then you get to do all of that again, because there's another five waves of enemies followed by... And, like, two mini-bosses show up during that time. And then he comes back... Also, his his he's got two attacks. One is a laser beam that instantly kills you, and the other one is he like waves his staff in the air, and a massive area of the arena, this this big circle, um, that probably if he could cast six of them would cover every single spot of ground on the area uh, of the the train with overlap. 
Uh, and if you if you get inside the circle, you get electrocuted and basically die. So what you're telling me is that they removed an awful piece of content from the game. Yes, that's that's what they're going to do. But if we want Conqueror, we still have to get it this time. Ugh. But this is this will be the last time we have to do it. Uh, we got really close. We're 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 almost there, but uh, it it goes away today. So uh, we're not gonna get to do it this time. So we're gonna have to wait until it comes around again, just like the other time. Okay. Uh and then I'm the other thing I've been working on is I've been trying to get Dredge in um in in Gambit, and I'm I got I played like. 20 plus matches this week. I'm sure somebody and knows I what actually that means, got... but I'm not one. It's it's one of the titles. Okay. I'm I'm trying to guild the the Gambit title. Ah. Um again. And I've been I've been doing that this week and and Kristen's actually played on my account as well. Uh just <laughs> cuz she likes it more. And uh, I'm five wins away from getting it, but like I haven't even accomplished that. So just a, a whole lot of nothing happening in my life Great. except for work and hating myself. Yeah. Tell me about Edge of Eternity. Okay. Um, Edge of Eternity is the JRPG that I was playing prior to Shin Megami Tensei coming out. And I promptly <laughs> dropped it as soon as as soon as I got to play as my long haired blue boy. Um. <laughs> Edge of Eternity is a game that I've had in my Steam library for probably since it entered early access. And I played it for like 30 minutes, like three years ago. And um, it just, it didn't work on my computer like at all back then. And whether or not that was ah. the game's optimization or the shittiness of my computer, I don't know. Probably both. If we're looking at the current yeah. version of the game, which runs better, but still has some kind of la like laggy issues, still has some uh, mm. like, like textures pop in late, stuff like that. But yeah. it's a it's a fun enough game. Like you explore a field that honestly has a lot of like um, kingdoms of Amalur in it. Like you, okay. there's a big open field, and you're constantly picking up like crafting resources that you're never going to use, stuff like that. Okay, uh, and yeah. I don't know. It's it's fun enough, but I the prologue was more interesting to me than when the game proper actually started. Oof. So the prologue opens and it's like there's there's these five characters and they're they're all a member they're all members of like the same like military unit and the the premise of the game is you're fighting this like spacefaring civilization that has backstabbed your planet like they used to help you and now okay. they're trying to kill you and, okay. and like they, there's a little conversation between the five of them at the start where like they, they get their mail and the main character sees that his his mom is sick with the corruption and, and they're like you should you should go and see her and he's like well my command our, our commanding officer is never going to let me do that and they're like you should still go see her and he's like that's desertion <laughs> and, 
And um, <laughs> then there's a big, a, a, a big earthquake, and they run outside, and the spaceships are attacking them. And then there's another big earthquake, and one of the characters is already dead because he gets crushed by a, a boulder. And, oh. and then you fight a big mech, and the big mech has a sequence in the middle of the fight where he murders the mage character. And then there's only uh. three of you left, and you're continuing on, and then you're a best friend character type. Uh, he, he falls down with the corruption, and he turns against you, and you have to kill him. And then it's just you and the, uh, the romantic interest character. And as you're about to as you're about to reach your destination, which is where they're like holding a ritual to that is supposed to like do some magic to fight against the enemy. Um, yeah, the the gate for that won't close. And so she has to stay outside to break the chain and, and get murdered by. an. So, uh, so basically it just ends up with just. Yeah. You. Yeah. And, and then uh, so all of them are dead. And, and then you are watch the summoning ritual take place and all of the people partaking in the summoning ritual die but then it's still not enough life for the gem that is doing the thing and so the gem decides to take your life too but you smash the crystal and, and like the that's like one of the last hopes for your um your world to survive is the power coming from that crystal but you smash it so that you can survive and like that's yeah. so cool. That's such a cool opening to a fucking game. I was so hyped, and then it's mm -hmm. just like a, a normal adventuring bullshit from that point on. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the mechanics of this game because it looks like like an open world sort of adventure sort of thing, like um, Kingdoms of Amalur, but it's also turn-based strategy yeah so you don't fight on the map you enter like a separate a separate screen for your jrpg turn-based battle but it's on a grid system so you're moving around the grids and you can like move behind an enemy to deal like backstab damage and stuff uh, you can only uh, attack melee and uh, you can only melee attack enemies that are on a um grid close to you but if you're like a mage hmm. character then you can attack from like, like multiple grids away usually like two grids okay yeah. it it's got like some strategy elements to it but they're they're very light it's it's mostly just a turn-based system okay yeah like it's it's good enough for what it is, which is like an indie JRPG. Yeah. Like I mean, it's really it's really good. Uh, actually, I'll say for an indie JRPG, but it's. <laughs> I'll probably go back. But to it's it at not some point. Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, 5. it's not. It doesn't hold my attention the same way Shin Megami Tensei does. But I will go back to it probably once I'm done. Before we move on, I'm going to give a quick fire update on the three games that I talked about uh, in the last episode, which was interesting because I hadn't played oh, them Oh yeah, yet. tell me about Harvest Moon um, first. I want to know what you thought it about that. It was trash. I hate okay. it. Why the fuck would you play that game? It's it's horrible. 
Har- Harvest Harvest Moon's about fucking your wife, and that game you can't because you don't have one. Nope. Um, Final Fantasy Adventure is is Zelda. It's just Zelda. Yeah. Um, but somehow less interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's really like yeah, they took the sorry. first Zelda game and just put it on the Game Boy. Yep, sorry, the Of Mana series. Your later games are better. Well, not too late, though. Once you hit Dawn of Mana, things go back to being Yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> However, the best game that I played was actually Game Boy Wars. Okay. <laughs> and that's bizarre, because it's an intelligent systems game. But you love those. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, you do. It was though. like, <laughs> yeah, but shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was the only game that, I think it was the only game this season of, of playing that, the, the retro rehash, which is where I play through these old games. Uh, it was one of the only games that I actually beat a level on. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this is an intelligent systems game. So that took an hour. Yeah. You're not the quickest Yeah, But, like, was just kept having a blast yeah, and, and making it and, like, doing it. Yeah, whatever. It, I mean, it's Advance Wars. It was. It was it, fun. It's just Advance Wars. Like, like people like Advance Wars, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Advance Wars is multiple after Game Boy Wars. Sure, but still, it's the same concept. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. It was delightful. And I was, was thinking of fun. someone else. I was we, thinking of our our friend, um, um, Raynar. He takes like two hours on any Fire Emblem map. Oh no! <laughs> no, uh, it's amazing. But yeah, no, I did the the proper way of playing any uh, wars game, which was to uh, mech spam. Mech spam. <laughs> mech spam is always the best way to play. You mech spam until you can earn enough money to to tank spam, and then and then you just you tank win. spam. Except for in this game, um, there's a a new type of enemy that doesn't show up until, like, uh, Advance Wars DS, whatever the DS is. Um, I think they just started calling it Advance du- Wars dual strike. after the first Advance yeah. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Advance Wars Dual Strike, and the Dual Strike stands for... DS. Nintendo DS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it, it's it's one of the the few games that has this. Um, it's a basically just a cannon that has one round and one fuel, so you can move it one space, but you know then you can't move it back or anything unless you go and and uh, uh, refuel it or resupply it or whatever. But you basically just build it onto a city and leave it on the city. And it's got, like, twice the range of every other artillery, and it one-shots most things. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, there was a a map that had a 
a line. It was it was a capital at one end, a capital at the other, and then a line of cities connecting them all. And so basically, you just you you travel down the path, you capture every city, and then you fight it out, capturing uh, the enemy's cities as they try and capture yours. But uh, since they're these cities all connected, you can buy a cannon at the farthest one away, fire until you can't move any or can't hit anything anymore, and then you just move it along the cities because each time it refuels and resupplies on the city. <laughs> <laughs> so you just move this train of uh, artillery down, and it was it was very fun. That's great. But anyways. Uh, I did not expect the Intelligence Systems game to be the best one of those. You knew it deep down, though. You, you knew it. I mean, I had already told you. Game facts! <laughs> game facts! John wants me to talk about Captain Planet and the Planeteers today because he hates me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he does not oh, like me. You, you love Captain Planet. I don't. Captain Planet talked about HIV and it was actually a really good episode that that really did it right. Was it? Was it though? Yeah. Yeah, it had Elizabeth Taylor and Neil Patrick Harris talking about okay. it. Okay. If you say so. Uh, it talks about how uh, HIV is not s- someone's fault uh, and that they shouldn't, you shouldn't treat people with HIV any differently. Wait, did you say Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. What the fuck is his career? <laughs> <laughs> now, the times when Captain Planet discussed racism, gang warfare, and the conflict in Ireland... <laughs> They didn't do so oh, good. They did not talk about the conflict in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, very few people should talk about the conflict in Ireland. If you aren't Irish, really, yeah. don't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Captain Planet and the Planeteers is a side-scrolling platformer shooter developed by Grey Matter. And published by Mindscape for the Atari ST, ZX Spectrum, Sega Genesis, not acknowledged by Wikipedia for some reason, and the NES. Um, Gray Matter and Mindscape. So, yeah. So I knew you would. I knew you would ask about this. So I looked up the and, and I. I always do tons of research on these to you know see what other fun facts I can pull in. Uh, Gray matter has nothing interesting about it. <laughs> it's such a a sad company that didn't do anything. Anything after yeah, like uh, really like so one of its its. Its latest released game was in 97, and it was The Crow, City of Angels. Ooh, is that a crow um, tie-in? Yeah, no. it is. <laughs> yeah, Ash Corvin. Oh, no. Um. See, I, I, think, I think I have a, um, I think I have an opinion not a lot of people have, which is that they should have just dropped The Crow as soon as Brandon Lee died on set. Like, like mm-hmm. the movie just shouldn't have been released, and there definitely shouldn't be tie-in games for The Crow 
the movie. Yeah. It, it, it just it just seems uh, like in such bad taste. So uh this when when they produced Captain Planet and the Planeteers, it was actually called Chris Gray Enterprises Incorporated, but this was the last game before they switched over to Gray Matter and uh Gray Matter produced nothing of of worth. Uh there's there's like NHL All-Star Hockey or Great. um uh, WWF King of the Ring. Some sports game. Uh, they made a Mad Max like, game. NHL hockey was the best hockey game ever released. <laughs> yeah, well, shut the fuck up. Uh, nobody cares. Uh, they they made a bunch of of they they made like Mad Max the game, Dirty Harry the game, great James Bond Junior. What the game? <laughs> what? <laughs> The Terminator, the game for the SNES. These are all movies and also Wayne's that are like World. 10 years old at the time they're making these games. Wayne's World for the Super Nintendo. What? what so yeah, Grey Matter did nothing. Grey Matter did nothing. Mindscape, however, published a bunch of really interesting games that I I just... I, I kept up the link for it because I knew you'd ask but it wasn't enough for an actual fact Mindscape published Mavis Beacon teaches typing what do you not know Mavis Beacon no I know that that's like the first like typing program for a lot of people yeah, yeah. they who the fuck was Mavis Beacon by the way who knows? But... <laughs> lost to time except for their typing program they did uh, Paperboy. Uh, they published Prince of Persia. Oh, shit. Uh, they, they published Sim Earth and Sim Ant. Oh, well, who gives a shit about Sim Ant? Uh, they published Wing Commander. Okay, so they've, um, they've had their hands in a little bit of stuff. Yeah, uh, a bunch of things. Most of them not interesting. The best game that they published, however, was Lego Island. When was that? Uh, 1997. Oh, shit. They had Lego games back yeah. in... Yeah. 97? Did you, did you not play Lego no. Island? Lego Lego Island is the shit, especially since they wrote um, Lego pun-based songs for the jukebox in there that are actually fantastic. Listen, Lego games don't exist to me prior to Star Wars. Yeah, Lego Star Wars. This is, is where it this starts. is this is a very different game to Lego Star Wars. <laughs> I'd I'd say there's like three eras of Lego games. There's the Lego Island era. There's the Lego Star Wars era, and then there's the post Lego Lord of the Rings era. Oh, where they're they which just, they've created like a a Lego cinematic universe. Which is just all yeah, bad. Well, <laughs> Lego Lego Lord of the Rings started a trend that's it's similar to Lego Star Wars. It's got the same mechanics, but they they somehow they just botched it. Like they 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 threw in mechanics that don't matter and that's I'm very opinionated on my my 
my Lego games. So Lego Lord of the Rings uh, Le- is to Lego as the Hobbit is to the rest of the Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say that it's it's not as bad as like the Hobbit the movie. Uh, <laughs> that would be. Well, that's what I meant. Uh, with the movie, the movie version of the Hobbit. No. No, I'll, I'll I'll say it's just as bad as the book, which is bad. Um, I like the book. I, I this well, you're wrong. <laughs> um, the <laughs> the the worst Lego game that I have played was Lego: The Force Awakens. Oh, I've heard of that one. Uh, yeah. So it's instead of like bad. instead of creating stages based on the movie. They're, like, fleshing out the movie to the point where, like, nothing is ever happening. Yeah, and and generally in, in LEGO, you can, like, explore and do things and stuff, and, and there's these little asides that give you things. LEGO The Force Awakens is a linear game. <laughs> it is completely linear, and the controls are bad. No, what they what they're just bad. What they should have done is just waited, like wait until you can make a, a, a version of the game that's all three movies, although yeah. maybe not the third one. Because or just don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe just maybe wait until all three come out and realize that nobody likes them and uh, move move uh, along. The Force Awakens is a fine Star Wars movie. The Last Jedi. You're you're right. The Force Awakens is a really good um, a New Hope repeat. Yes. Uh, it didn't add anything new. Uh, Except and... for that sick Kylo Ren lightsaber with the fucking energy beams out the side. <laughs> Come on. It's just gonna hurt it yourself. Is. <laughs> uh, the The Force Awakens is like Star Wars. Uh, we don't know how to make it now but we know how it used to be made so we're gonna do that and then try and follow the rule of cool as much as possible and then the last jedi is like i have ideas for what star wars can be and some of them don't work but some of them really work very well yeah honestly of the three the second one is my favorite and i know like the third one makes the second one bad yeah the the third and the one second one kind of makes the first one bad, but it's it's like the the second one tried anything. Yes. <laughs> Whereas the first one didn't try at all. It's mostly just and the third one about- isn't actually a movie. <laughs> yeah, like the first one is aping what was good about previous movies. The second one is saying like, yeah. okay, but we can do better than that. We can do things new and different. And then the third one is like, yeah. no, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Palpatine again. Uh, Eat it. Eat Palpatine again. Somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> how did that get past the writing block? Anyways, uh, we need to move on. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. I, I do want to mention uh, Wikipedia says that there are three different versions of this game, and it does not acknowledge the Sega Genesis one at all. I didn't know that there was a Sega Genesis one until, like, 
half an hour to an hour into looking things up for this game Amazing. because but it's it's there like it's a full game i don't I don't know. Yeah, and just as a reminder, since we went off on a little Lego Star Wars tangent, uh, we're still talking about Captain Planet and the Planeteers. <laughs> the, every single one of those games is completely different. The Atari ST version, uh, another console I've never heard of, has five stages, <laughs> one for each Planeteer, wherein you use the Planeteer's ring power to clean up pollution or you use their vehicle to rescue animals. After completing all stages, you get a sixth and final stage where you play as Captain Planet and defeat a random eco-villain. This one is actually possibly the prettiest of them. And I was surprised. Because... It's on an Atari. I don't think of the Atari ST yet <laughs> as, as being a a pretty ga- uh, game console. But it like the graphics were stellar. The ZX Spectrum version, uh, another, again, console I've never heard of, has only three stages <laughs> where you play as Captain Planet stopping various eco-villains' dastardly plans. Man, you get three less stages here. You only get half a game. Yeah, also, this one looks the worst. <laughs> well, it's on a ZX it's Spectrum. like bad. It looks what ugly. What the fuck is this console? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a computer. Oh, okay. It's it's a it's a type of computer, like a Commodore sixty four um, type kind of thing going on. Yeah. Okay. The Sega Genesis version has five stages. The first four controlling a randomly chosen planeteer as they navigate a platforming maze and then defeat an eco villain, and culminating in a final stage wherein you play as Captain Planet and fight an extended boss battle. The NES version has five levels, each divided into... I don't know why I said five as if that was new. They all have five fucking stages <laughs> except for the ZX Spectrum. Well, technically the Atari has six because the you get the, the final boss well, so stage. So does the Sega Genesis. It has but, a boss stage at the end too. Yeah. Yeah. This one doesn't though. Oh. The NES version has five levels, each divided into two sections. The first involves a planeteer piloting their eco-vehicle to an enemy base, followed by the second where you control Captain Planet fighting his way to and beating an eco-villain. The eco-villains in Captain yeah. Planet and the Planeteers all have on-the-nose names, including Hoggish Greedly, Verminous Scum, with two M's, Luton yeah. Plunder, and many others. However, one that might be better known in the gaming world is Duke Nukem. Yep. Duke Nukem is an eco-villain. We knew that Duke Nukem was a villain, though, so it's not that far uh, off. Yeah, he's been a piece of shit for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Duke Nukem is the piece of shit who gets away with being a piece of shit because they did, like, one good thing in their life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, when the developers of the Duke Nukem games were making them, they changed the name to Duke Nukem. That's K-U-M, Duke Nukem. But they quickly changed it back when they found out D.I.C. hadn't copyrighted the name. D.I.C.? <laughs> yeah, the the um, people who made Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh. 
It's a dick. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's um. Oh, fuck. What does DIC even stand for? It's not even actually saying diffusion information communications. Um, that's that's what DIC stands for. I like it better as dick. Um, <laughs> me too. And you have to say it like that, dick. Uh, they did Inspector Gadget and Care Bears and I'm a child. The real Ghostbusters, The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin. Hello Kitty's Free Tale Theater. Speaking of the cast of heroes and villains, some very influential actors voiced many of them, some longer than others, including Jeff Goldblum, Sting, Martin Sheen, Whoopi Goldberg, Tim Curry, LeVar Burton, Neil Patrick Harris, again, and many more. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris has had such a strange career arc. But, from, yeah. from from fucking Doogie Hauser MD to to Captain Planet to How I Met Your Mother to I skipped over the fact that he was a fascist in Starship Troopers. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and, and and then he ended up as fucking Count Olaf. In a series of unfortunate <laughs> events. Yeah, he he does some some weird things. Yeah, he's he's just he's just doing whatever. But the, it's just ridiculous thinking like all of those people in here, and and there really is like a bunch more that I just didn't have room to put. Um, Lavar Burton was in the entirety of the show, the beginning to the end. <laughs> but did he play a character? Yeah, Kwame, one of the main planeteers. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yeah, he possesses the power of Earth, and he hails from Africa. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't say anything to that. <laughs> Further, speaking of LeVar Burton, he performed the intro for the show for the first five out of six seasons. In the sixth season, the intro changed to a spoken word rap, and the show died. Yes. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, the, there was a there was a period of time where every opening had to be, every opening to a cartoon had to be a, a rap, and it was never good. Yeah. Except no, for... No, it wasn't. It was... American Dragon Jake Long had a rap intro, didn't it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it did. I I've I'm unfamiliar with and that. Both both of the intros to the two seasons of American Dragon Jake Long are very good. <laughs> okay. Even further, speaking of music Helped. on the show, a lot of the heroic background theme songs for Captain Planet were taken from an older show with a more heroic man. Captain N. But if you're thinking that Kevin Keane, the game master himself, is the more heroic man in this instance, you are sorely mistaken. Simon Belmont. For there exists, there exists a in Captain N, a true superhero, one worthy of praise, adulation, and even an in-show TV series. Is it that Urkel ripoff from the that Hoops episode? 
that man is none other than Wombat Man. What? Oh my god! <laughs> this is a thing? <laughs> you better fucking believe it. Alright, so... <laughs> People can't, obviously, this is a podcast. You can't see what this is. So I will describe we'll, Wombat we'll, Man to we'll you. We'll post it. And and we're going to post it on, on Instagram. So, uh. so Wombat Man <laughs> has a very cat-like snout. It reminds me of like a, like a cartoon lion snout. And then, yeah. and then he has a red mask pulled over most of his head. Very tightly. Yeah. Well, he's he's got a cowl, is what well, he has. Well, a cowl implies... Like, like Batman. A cowl kind of implies that there's some looseness to it, like... There's no looseness in Batman's no, cowl. No, there's not, which is why I don't like calling it a cowl. He just wears a mask. It's just a mask. <laughs> <laughs> but the... the Fine, we'll go with John's term of cowl. The cowl is also... A, it's the official term! The cowl is also attached to a mantle. Th- that mm-hmm. flows around him. It doesn't so much flow behind him, but to the side and behind. It's it's because he's a he's a superhero. It's too large, and the it is clasped at the front with a giant W buckle. Mm-hmm. And then he wears a very tight, off blue leotard that yeah. ends. He, he wears a, a it ends he wears a spandex undersuit it ends in yellow dishwashing gloves uh-huh and it, it continues down it's it's a full leotard but it it does he does wear his underwear on the oh, outside that's not, same color as yeah, the cape yeah that's not uh fully um communicated through this picture i'm seeing yeah well you can see you can see the little little bit of blue underneath the underwear and then he has a the, uh, his right leg he has a dark blue belt on with a yellow buckle it's a utility belt with vague utilities attached to it that i'm sure he never uses <laughs> because what could they possibly uh-huh. be they're just yellow cylinders <laughs> well i mean batman has the same shit batman busts things out of them though that's like where his batarangs and shit are yeah what does Wombat Man pull from these cylinders? Oh, he never needs to because he's too much of a superhero. Right, then why are they there? <laughs> You're just jealous because he's a better Wombat than you. That's not true. That's I am I am the supreme Wombat. Uh, uh, I don't think you're a superhero. Wait for it. Wait, wait for me to wait for me to bust out my superhero costume. It'll be worse than that one. Uh, I want to point out that uh, Wombat Man owns a vehicle. Can you guess what his vehicle Wombat is? Wombat Mobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do you know what Wombat Man's real name is? Wombat Wombatson. Wait. No, it's uh, it's unfortunately we only have the first name, which is Bruce. Um. They okay, <laughs> and uh, he he has a girlfriend whose name is Nikki. Uh, she is a parody of Vicky Vale. If the if the creator of Batman was not dead, then they could sue very easily. 
No, they couldn't. <laughs> this is very clearly a different oh, character. Oh, sure. Anyway, according to the designer of... Oh, Wombat Batman. Man. I see. The voice... I didn't want to spoil it. According to the designer of Wombat Man, the voice actor for his character was a production coordinator on staff named Kurt Weldon, who would go on to write for such shows as The Muppet Babies and Kim Possible, and even won two games of Jeopardy, a $14,200 total, before losing to the legendary Randy Amasia, who had won practically the entirety of the first season of Jeopardy. Yeah. Randy Amasia uh, played on the first game of Jeopardy ever, and then won the season. Wow. Yeah, he is a god in the uh, (laughs) game show world. But they, they brought him back in the second season? Yeah, well, I mean, they do that shit all the time. They have, like, the, the champions face off against each other and oh. stuff. Yeah, he he wanted to come back in. It was, like, halfway through the second season, and uh, he came in, and he won several games, and then he left. <laughs> uh, Randy Amasia has also played on, like, 30 other game shows, a lot of which no longer exist. He's a professional he... game show contestant. Yes, he was, until he died in 2010. <laughs> That's that's but like there was a time in history when you could be a professional game show contestant. You just follow <laughs> the same person from fucking Jeopardy to Whammy to Family Feud to the Newlyweds. He was on Whammy. Of course, he was on Whammy. <laughs> to a half dozen other shows that existed for a season and then never again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Kurt Weldon, good job. I mean, also he wrote for Kim Possible. I don't think I could win two games of Jeopardy. Like yeah. Kim Possible is my favorite cartoon ever. He also produced all the movies for Kim Possible. Ooh, those are good movies. Yeah, yeah he was the producer on this. Nice. I- I'm glad I, I learned yeah. about him. Kurt Weldon, add him to the heroes uh, that we discover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, who? Who? Whatever. What is our list at uh, right now? We've got Kurt we've Weldon. Yoshiokiya. Yoshiokiya. Yeah. We got Wombat Man. Um. <laughs> I mean, that's roped in with Kurt Weldon. Uh. Uh. I can't. Didn't know Kurt Weldon's first name was Bruce. I don't know. Uh, I feel like Yoshiokiya is the only hero that's really stuck out after all this time. Yeah. And, and the only the only villains yeah. the only villains that still remain in my mind are um Toru Iwatani and Koji Igarashi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck Pac-Man and Castlevania man. Fuck 'em. <laughs> I mean, I like Castlevania. Or I guess Pac Pac-Man man. But Pac-Man can fuck right off. Pac-Man's not even a good game. No, it's not. It's it's really not. Anyway, what are we talking about this week, John? 
Uh, well, you decided. I did decide. I mean, it's it's gonna be Activision. Kind of a, we love talking about Activision. Fuck it's that. kind of a thing where it's like, if you don't, if we don't talk about them, then we're being negligent. I feel like. I mean, we're not really a news show, but I I understand what you're you're trying to say here. Is is like. If you have a voice, you might, you should use it. Otherwise, you're you're not, yeah, being a good member of society. And and things like the Activision thing has been going on for a few months now, just kind of in the background of all of our minds. But it's really mm-hmm. we we took a week off, and things really really took off during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got a lot of, of uh, links here that I uh, clicked into one or two of them and then decided I had better things to do with my right. life. Uh, I, mean, I have read all of them. I read all of them previously, and then I, I brushed up on them before we started today. So I, I, I've got us covered. Okay. I've got us covered. So the big things that happened are, are that we learned that Bobby Kotick is... Not only, not only was he um, tolerant. Let's let's clarify a little bit here. Who is Bobby? Okay, Kotick? Bobby Kotick is Activision Blizzard's CEO. He is also okay. Is, thank you. Now you can yeah, continue. He, he is also the um, <laughs> what I'd call the head of Activision Blizzard's board of directors because he owns like the the majority share in the company. It's something like six. So he's the yeah, chairman. He owns like sixty percent of all of the stocks in Activision yeah. Blizzard. So, well, I I, I was going to wait until later. Uh, fortunately, that doesn't mean a whole lot uh, monetarily right now. No, because because thankfully it's at a uh, one year low. <laughs> Swiftly approaching a five-year low. It's dropped twenty-eight um, percent in the for last stock. year. The stock prices. Yeah, and it's, uh, and uh, it's keep pretty bad. Keep selling them and, and and throwing them out. Yeah. yeah, don't don't need to. I am I am so glad that I think it was two years ago when it was at a high point. I sold and I like doubled what I had made on it, and I was like. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to buy more of this stock. I I can just sell out of this stock and, and keep going. You owned Activision and Blizzard stock. So glad. Yeah, I did. Uh, Blizzard was doing some some good games at the time, and and they their stock had had plummeted because I think they I think I purchased right after they announced that they were going to make a mobile game. Um, <laughs> and I knew that I knew they would come back from that. Here's the thing about about playing the stock market. Yeah, yeah. I I picked it up with Immortals because their stock plummeted because that was a terrible idea. Uh, But the thing about Blizzard Activision is that they keep making good games. They're a terrible company. Um, And honestly, I don't like most of their games, but a lot of people do. Uh, So I waited until... A year or two later, after they had climbed back up, um, and waited until after a BlizzCon, and and sold then when the the price was was very steep because they had just announced that they were making not a mobile game, 
and any time they announce they're gonna not make a mobile game, their their stock's gonna go up. <laughs> it's called playing the stock okay. market. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you disclosed that you have invested in the company before, though. Yeah, well, I don't anymore. But you have previously. <laughs> you don't have to disclose I, that. I know. <laughs> but uh, uh, okay, so Bobby Kotick, chairman of the board. CEO of the company, not only like so going back a, a, a couple of months, they've they've been sued oh, by was it the EEOC and also the state of California over allegations yeah. of sexual harassment within the company, as well as um, financial things yeah. as well, and. But we're mostly going to be talking about the um, the sexual harassment allegations. Yeah. Um, but a lot has come out in the past, like, week that implies that Bobby Kotick... I mean, doesn't imply it. Affirms to us... It affirms to us that Bobby Kotick not only was knowledgeable about the situation at his company, but actively worked to protect the people doing it. So, for one uh-huh. example, there was the uh, the head of Treyarch Studios, who makes the Call of Duty games, Dan Bunting, who had very serious sexual harassment allegations levied against him. And the company, yeah. like the HR for the company themselves, recommended that he be fired. And Bobby Kotick stepped in personally to protect Dan Bunting's job. To say, you can't fire this guy we need him you don't fire him yeah also there was the uh there was the email that was sent out that was widely mocked by everybody working at activision from fran townsend's email address and if i go to where is that one I don't know. I have all these. I have all these tabs open. Yeah, I'm not pulling them open. <laughs> okay, I'll just read a portion of this. So it reads: Everyone, as the executive sponsor of the ABK Employee Women's Network and our chief compliance officer, I wanted to reach out to you. I know this has been difficult for many of us. A recently filed lawsuit presented a distorted and untrue picture of our company, including factually incorrect, old, and out-of-context stories, some from more than a decade ago. The Activision companies of today, the Activision companies that I know, are great companies with good values. When I joined the executive leadership team, I was certain that I was joining a company where I would be valued, treated with respect, and provided opportunities equal to those afforded to the men of the company. For me... All right, hold on. One, se- one second. One second. I, I gotta ask. Who wrote this? We're getting there. Let me let me finish, no, let no. Me finish my little portion. <laughs> okay. For me, this has been true during my time. As a leader, I am committed to making sure that the experience I have is the same as the rest of the organization. We have a leadership team that is committed to these principles in every way. 
I am proud to be part of a company that takes a hard-line approach to inappropriate or hostile work environments and sexual harassment issues. Now, you might notice that that is written in the first person. Um, clearly yeah. calls out that Fran Town Townsend is the chief compliance officer and points out uh, mm -hmm. provided opportunities equal to those afforded to the men of the company. Now, this would imply mm -hmm. that Fran Townsend, noted uh, torture abuse apologist, is uh, the one writing this email. Which is already not a good look. Yeah. And Bobby Kotick himself had noted it, or criticized it for being tone deaf in the past. Yeah. Now, John, who do you think wrote that email? Do you think it was Fran Townsend? <laughs> no, I don't. That's why I was asking. Is like, you were, you were going to say Fran Townsend. I was like, all right, cool. Now, who actually wrote that is what I'm asking. Or do you think it was the man with two phone numbers in Jeffrey Epstein's little black book, Bobby Kotick? Yeah. It was, it was, it was, yeah. it, it was Bobby Kotick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, the, he wrote an email that he himself criticized, trying to brush under the rug all of the, the, the harassment issues being brought against them. Mm-hmm. Insane. Insane. And it's worth noting yeah. also at this point that the the board of directors who, again, he heads, but the rest of them also mm -hmm. have, have agreed to it, that the zero tolerance policy on harassment will not apply to Bobby Kotick himself. Yes, I did he, read that, and that's insanity he can he can abuse as many people as he wants to including that time in 2006 when he threatened to murder one of his assistants yeah. <laughs> um yeah you can't make the, the the rules that are for thee and not for me aren't rules that that's not how rules work so uh, it it's insanity that that this is being allowed, yeah, like and and confirmed, like from the board. That's that's crazy. Now, do you want to know who is on the board telling telling people that uh, Bobby Kotick can just get away with doing whatever he wants? Because we know we know sure. about who they are, also. So first of all, there's Bobby Kotick, again, who has two phone numbers and an Activision email in Jeffrey Epstein's little black book. Yep. Once you have two phone numbers in there, I just have to assume you're a pedophile. The people with one phone number in there, that could be like a business thing for him. That's Because uh, mm -hmm. he did run like legit businesses. But once you have two phone numbers, I'm sorry, you're a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have Ravita Bowers, who has previously served on the board of directors for the Disney Monopoly, and in 2004 was part of an SEC investigation into allegations that Disney executives and board members were hiring their own children into high-paying positions. Her own son, Craig, was given a job at Disney paying $81,000 a year. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, Casey Wasserman is on the organizing committee for the 2028 Olympics and Paralympics. Um, is on the board for Vox Media, which uh, publishes websites like The Virgin Polygon, and also he has yeah. his name is in Epstein's little black book. So we yeah. have two people on Epstein's little black book on this board of directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was one other who really, or maybe two. Okay, Robert Morgado, who previously worked at Warner Music Group. You know, the music industry, well known for being good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like how you say Warner Media Group, also known as the music right. industry. <laughs> because it's it's basically that. And he was forced to resign from, the, uh, from his position there in 1995 after he botched a restructuring plan. So he's not even good at business. <laughs> yeah. Uh... But he has money. And then I like, so I'm getting most of this from Kotaku's Let's Meet the Board Members Supporting Besieged um, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick. And yeah. th- their last person here is Hendrik Hartong III. Formerly an Activision marketing guy, Hartong's day job involves running the private equity firm Brynwood Partners, which was founded by his dad. He has previously worked for Nestle. <laughs> Another company famous for not giving a shit what people think of them. Now, if you don't... Yeah, no, I don't don't like if Nestle. If you don't know what Nestle's done, <laughs> Nestle has murdered a whole bunch of children in the global south by uh, yeah. essentially forcing um, poor women, poor mothers to use uh, their, their uh, formulas for their children. And their formulas are not... Mm-hmm not up to standard and and no no this this isn't this isn't formula that you and i can buy this is this is lesser. yeah i mean there's, there's a whole lot to it but essentially what what they do uh, additionally like it's saying hey you need to use formula also you're you live in a place where water isn't exactly Queen. common yeah, or clean, or <laughs> usable, or uh, wanted to put into your babies. Yeah, like, use our formula. We're the, going to force all of the hospitals to introduce formula to your babies, which are then going to start the mm-hmm. process of your body saying, oh, I don't need to produce breast milk. And then you'll be forced to use our formula. Yeah. And also, the directions for our formula are never written in, an, in a language that you can read. So you don't know how to yeah. make it properly. And, and also you don't have access to clean drinking water to make this in the sterile way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and I want to say that like there's nothing wrong with using formula. No. Formula is an amazing alternative to breastfeeding and uh, supplement to breastfeeding. However, in a developing country where you don't really have clean water and you can't read the instructions. It's a death sentence. Having the water paper. come from from the mother where the bad stuff can be factored out by the mother's ability to handle bad things yeah breastfeeding is a much better choice yeah so so a guy involved with nestle who's famous for doing that shit is also on their board of directors yeah and that's that's the beginning of it (laughs) i mean slavery 
child labor, child trafficking, yeah. anti-union activities. Um, the bad they company. purchase they they purchase water and don't allow humans to use it. Um, uh, they there was a statement at the time that. Uh, and and that's uh, the the chairman of Nestle has changed his statement, but back then said that water was not a human right. Um, one of the biggest producers of of non recyclable plastics. Um, you know that you're on the right side of history when you're arguing that water isn't a human right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, requires Ethiopia to pay back a debt. During a severe famine, um, price fixing chocolate, <laughs> uh, forced labor in Thai fishing, uh, major deforestation things. Yeah, they're, they're horrible shitbags. Yes. I, I do not purchase Nestle products at all. And, and while all while all this is happening at Activision Blizzard, we also learned uh, that Jen O'Neill, who is the co-head of Blizzard currently, was not mm-hmm. being paid equally to Mike Ibarra, who is her her partner, her co her co partner at, at Blizzard, despite the fact yeah. that they had both gone to the company multiple times and asked for like pay parity. To, to be paid equally, they did not offer her an equal contract until after she resigned from the company. She she's still there until the end of the mm-hmm. year, but but she's she's officially resigned, and and then they said okay we'll we'll pay you properly. And mm-hmm. and she also has her own like harassment complaints. Uh, she says. Uh, Okay, alleging that she was paid less than Ibarra while being tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. O'Neill tendered her resignation earlier this month the, of November, shocking many employees who regarded her as a positive force within the company. Um, when Mike and I were placed yeah. in the same co-lead role, we went into the role with our previous compensation, which was not equivalent. It remained that way for some time well after we made multiple rejected requests to change it to parody, she wrote. So so they're going to them together and saying, hey, pay us the same. And Activision is just like, no. Until she decides to resign and starts speaking out against the company, at which point they say, okay, we'll pay you properly. Which is obviously just trying to fucking pay her to silence her. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's just out in the open. This shit. Yeah. And, and so, as a result of all this, a, a few a few companies have started to uh, distance themselves from from Activision Blizzard as well. So there's this nonprofit organization called Girls Who Code that that is basically trying to get like women and um, minorities into STEM. You know, it, yeah. it's like, hey, we'll help you. There, there are, there are a lot of organizations doing this right now, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. We, we just need more people in STEM. Yeah, <laughs> of every every walk of life. 
And that's 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 specifically the way I, I intend to say it. We need more people in STEM, and we need them from every walk of life. Yes. And, and this is one of those those nonprofits working to do that. And they've been working with Activision since I think it said 2018, and they're they're cutting off all like ties with the company as a result of this. Mm-hmm. Also, Microsoft and Sony are both saying <clears throat> within the company that they're they're dis- okay. Phil Spencer, in particular, the the Microsoft head, has. Yeah, has told staff that he was disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at Activision Blizzard, and that Microsoft is evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments, which is business speak for, we're going to see how this goes, and if we need to, we're going to cut them off. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, if... if- if Sony and Microsoft cut off Blizzard, <laughs> Blizzard's, I mean, like, Blizzard won't die because Blizzard has the the Battle.net and a lot of Blizzard games are PC only. Like, WoW's PC only. Like, that's that's a huge chunk of things hearthstone yeah you'll be able to still play hearthstone everywhere um does anyone still play heroes of the storm but it's there uh all the the warcrafts are are gonna be only that all the starcrafts so blizzard will be fine but it's Activision that's going to suffer. What, what I find interesting about even that side is that it's not just the Xbox side of things saying, like, we're going to, like, maybe not work with them so much in the future. It's Microsoft as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happens on the back end of, like, a video game on PC if Microsoft isn't working with you in some way. Like, what... What happens? Uh, I mean, then? Microsoft isn't working with with Steam or 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 Blizzard on that. That's that's all in house, uh, and and honestly, it would be disgusting if if Microsoft could stop BattleNet from working, <laughs> because that means that Microsoft could stop Google from that's working, true. or like that 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 would repulse but, uh, me uh, 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 if that was a thing. That I'm not could trying happen. to say they could like pull the the site down or something. But I'm I'm saying like like I imagine they work together in a way to like optimize it, right? Nah. No. Nah. Okay. No. Not even. Not even. There's yeah. No. There's there's so many. Okay. No. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> not, I thought that not, was an interesting idea, but Microsoft only works on the Windows. Uh, operating system. They do not assist others with building things for that because uh, there's 8 trillion companies that produce programs for for Windows. Like that's it would be absurd for Windows to help every single developer make a product for their that's platform. True. No. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That was just something that crossed my mind. Uh yeah. not a thing. And finally, I also wanted to bring up the the petitions that are going on both within the company and without. 
So the ABK Workers Alliance, which is a group of Activision Blizzard employees that have formed in response to the mistreatment at the company, has a yeah. a, a petition to ba- basically asking for the removal of Bobby Kotick as CEO. Um, it's been signed by over 1,200 workers. And it reads, we, the undersigned, no longer have confidence in the leadership of Bobby Kotick as the CEO of Activision Blizzard. The information that has come to light about his behaviors and practices in the running of our companies runs counter to the culture and integrity we require of our leadership and directly conflicts with the initiative started by our peers. We ask that Bobby Kotick remove himself as CEO of Activision Blizzard and that shareholders be allowed to select the new CEO without the input of Bobby, who we are aware owns a substantial portion of the voting rights of the shareholders. Yeah. And 1,200 signatures is equivalent to about 12% of their total workforce, which is 12% of the workforce mm-hmm. putting their name and, like, studio and <laughs> where they work out, out in public for everyone to see to say that Bobby Kotick needs mm-hmm. to resign, which is, like, seriously dangerous to yeah. them. So, yes, So very. 12% is, like, a lot. That's a lot of people putting their names on the line to say this needs to happen. Yeah. And they've also made a public petition that fans can sign that reads, Bobby Kotick has proved that he does not care about his employees and that he is not fit to be the CEO of Activision Blizzard. This petition will not guarantee his removal, but it will show him that we are not okay with him blatantly ignoring the cries of his employees. Having a petition with Activision Blizzard consumer signatures should show him how much we think he is unfit for his position. He has taken advantage of his employees for years, and this petition is only a small stepping stone. It is absolutely horrendous that someone with such power looks past all the cries of help. This petition will show that he has had his time as CEO, and he clearly cannot do it well. He needs to be removed. Uh At time of publication for Kotaku... This petition has been signed over 7,000 times. And it's currently been signed almost 25,000 times. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very close to that 25,000 Yeah, I mark. signed it a while ago, so I haven't looked at it recently. Yeah, it's at, I mean, the number is actively growing, uh, 24,780. <laughs> And that's already going up. So that it took a while to get through all that, but that was essentially the information I wanted to get through. And then I wanted to... Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts at the end of the day, John? I mean... <laughs> my thoughts are that... Uh, they're handling it poorly. Oh, yeah. They're handling it really really poorly and they're hemorrhaging and it's they're they're not gonna (laughs) they're not gonna get out of this scot-free no like they they they're getting a lot of bad pr and they're they're hemorrhaging funds yeah and they they can't do any quick fixes like oh we're gonna 
unban this person despite the fact that they said they don't like China because first of all China's oh, yeah, shit. I didn't even bring and... up the I didn't even bring up the the whole like Hearthstone bullshit that happened a while ago. That was like three <laughs> years ago, but yeah, it's like, still relevant. <laughs> yeah, like there there's they've had a lot of issues recently, and this is just the most recent of them. And the fact that they're they're dealing with legal issues and here's here's what I think is gonna happen because when you have a legal issue going on at the same time oftentimes you can't admit to it or change anything because that uh, it's admitting liability it it's admitting liability to the legal problems it's for instance like in um Nintendo with the Switch. Like, the Nintendo knows that the Switch Joy-Con drift exists, and they've done things to fix that so to the point where, like, it doesn't really happen from now on because they've fixed a lot of the issues that cause it. But also, it. they're not going to compensate but, everybody who for five years was buying Joy-Cons that yeah. drift eventually. Yeah, and, and they're still legal... <laughs> issues persisting right now like they're still in courts over this when the courts end then they can be like yeah we screwed up there was a problem there and we fixed it since but if they say to their fans i am sorry we messed up with the 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 joy cons then they lose the case so I have a feeling that there's somewhat of that issue going on here because they have these two cases against them, one by a private party and the other by the state of California. And uh, they're, I imagine they're trying to hold out as long as possible to get through these, um, these court cases. I mean, here's the, here's the problem with that, though, is that both Nintendo and Activision should lose those cases. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> so, uh, absolutely. Because be yeah, PR. Nintendo did do a bad it would thing. It'd be good like, PR to yeah. say, "Hey, we fucked up. We're going to compensate you." The, you would gain more fans yeah. that way than you do by fighting to the death in court to not have to pay people for something you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's a, it, it's just kind of like like one option. Like they, if they say that oh we did a bad thing, we're going to take accountability for that. They feel bad, and they don't yeah. want to do that. But if they do, if they fight it tooth and nail in court, everyone else feels bad about them. <laughs> Well, in, in in both of these cases, it comes down to a numbers game. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Nintendo one because I'm more familiar with that case. Um, I guarantee Nintendo has has done the numbers and determined that if they lose fans or if they the the amount of money they will lose by losing fans this time versus the amount of money they will lose by accepting the legal losses is worth it. So that's why they have gone yeah. this route. I don't I don't know if that's accurate, but 
I'm not a giant business that has people to do this sort I mean, of thing. And, also- and that's the same thing happening here. Like, I, I understand, and, and you're right. They would be appreciated more. They they would be, you know, I'd be proud to be like, yeah, Nintendo knew that they did a bad thing, and they, you know, they answered for it. But, <laughs> yeah. With Nintendo, uh, I see the math that's going on there, because it's, um, Nintendo fans are notorious online for defending every single thing Nintendo has ever done, be it good or bad. And yeah. so, like, the actual loss of revenue that they can see from fighting this in court is probably minuscule. Mm-hmm. Which is not applicable to the Activision situation, where you can already see that they are, like, not e- not even just fans are losing faith in them, but people who invest in the company are losing faith in the company. Yeah, but. and uh, here's 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 what I have a problem with is because the betting man in me almost wants to buy Blizzard stock. <laughs> now, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Blizzard has made a name for themselves of being able to turn around from a loss like this. And the betting man in me thinks that if Blizzard can get through this, these legal issues, and and you know Bobby Kotick has to go, he he has to go. Like there's there's so much against him that he has to go at this point. Um, but if they did that, there'd be a huge upswing. They'd be like, ah, we're you know, we 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 got through that. We're, we're going to get a little bit further. We're going to fire Bobby Kotick, but really he's going to get a, like, diamond parachute and, and float away into the sunset right. richer than any man alive. Like, um, he really needs to be sued out of existence uh, is what he needs to be. Yeah. And and also, here's, here's a, uh, you know, here's a new Diablo. Or, you know, <laughs> we're going to release uh, World of Warcraft classic is now free for all players <laughs> um they they could do shit like that the stock would soar and that would be a great time to sell especially purchasing now when it's so low but i don't want to because i i don't support companies that are literally selling your garbage <laughs> yeah like, uh, and, and that's, that's, I mean, that's why I'm never going to be rich is because I don't buy Nestle stock or <laughs> buy companies that are, are <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but like this, I can see Blizzard coming out of this strong, maybe not as strong as they were, you know, before th- before it was found out that they were shitty, we've known for a while. But um, the the issue now is that we have I can see them to back it up. It's not just like rumors going around. It's not yeah. like one story from one person every now and then. It's it's a documentation of years and years of this happening. Yeah, which is just hard to sweep <sighs> under the rug. It's it, in the same way. Mm-hmm. Almost impossible. Yeah. So my stance on it 
is that as long as as the the board says that Bobby Kotick can still be CEO, then bankrupt Activision. <laughs> yeah, don't, I mean, don't buy their yeah. games. Don't play their games. Don't give them any signifier of time spent on them or with them. Like, like, yeah. do not play their games. Do not buy them. Don't don't buy a fucking mount in World of Warcraft or what the fuck ever. Don't buy loot boxes in Overwatch. Don't play Call of Duty Warzone. Because the only way you can punish these people is monetarily. Because they're never going to mm-hmm. they're they're never going to see the inside of a cell, even for fucking sexual assault and probable pedophilia. You know. Yeah. But you can make them poor as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can make them lose money like Nicholas fucking Cage does. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> so. All right. Well, the uh, we got some some housekeeping to do uh, with this episode, uh, the the Captain Planet Wombat Wombat Man episode. Um, we we begin the countdown to the season's end. It's the holiday season, and we're we're working our way to the end of the season. Gonna wrap up big, but. In this time, we have uh, a, a few things to, to mention. One, uh, it's it's Thanksgiving next week, and next week we're going to have a it's Thanksgiving this uh, week. series fact. Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow as of the release yes. of this. Um, and the week after, we're going to have a uh, a series facts. So you'll have that to look forward to. We're we're double recording, but weirdly, we're not double recording today because I'm not prepared and <laughs> my life is hell. Um, the holidays are are they rough. Are. Um, you're gonna have another um, series fact coming up after that. Not right away, but you know, around Christmas I time. Think we said we would put it up the twenty second. Correct. Yeah, it's coming out the the twenty second December and. December. And then the 29th of December, yeah. our final episode of the year, will be our best and worst list. Uh-huh. Which uh, we've already gotten started on. It might change depending on you, what we you've play got... between then and now, but we have working lists for both as of this moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. I'm I'm pretty happy with mine. Uh pretty happy with with where things lie I'm happy on it, with my best list I'm conflicted about my worst I get that I wanted to move my uh my uh least worst game a little bit higher up the worst list but I I, I figured I'd keep it there for right now but um, yeah as such we have uh, after this episode two regular episodes left before the the end of the year is yeah, that true? the eighth and the fifteenth will be regular episodes. Yeah, dang, yep. you're right. The rest are going to be series facts or the best and worst. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then 
Dang. And then the season will change, and who knows what kind of crazy things we'll do come the start of the new year. <laughs> Uh, aside from apparently a light novel, right? We're gonna kick off strong on the fifth with a light novel. That. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more thing. What are you looking forward to for next week? Ooh. Or this you week? You know what? I'm actually going to start playing my PS2 more. Uh, going going into okay. next year, I really want to get closer to the games that I used to play. Because the PlayStation 2 is my favorite console ever, and I really haven't been busting it out as much as I would like to. So I've got a game. I've got I get a game that. already sitting over by it. It's called Primal, and I'm going okay. to play Primal and see what it's all about. Yeah. Cool. What about you, John? What are you I'm looking a, forward I'm... to? I'm going to be basic and say I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can look forward to that, too. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's I tomorrow. do have Thursday off and, for Thanksgiving, uh, so that's nice. Uh, yeah, that is nice. As um, much as I hate my yeah, company, like they do some things right, and that's giving like Christmas and Thanksgiving as days off. Mm-hmm. Paid days off. Yeah, my the the company I work for also, um, we're we're closed on Thanksgiving, which is good. Which it's also surprising considering we are a uh, supermarket who sells food. Right. <laughs> um, usually those those you'd think they'd stay open because they can eke out a tiny amount of money from people who forget things, but no, they're actually halfway decent. Halfway. Do they open at like six o'clock Halfway, or some yeah. shit for Black Friday bullshit? Well, there's no Black Friday run. Friday is the fucking calmest day. <laughs> you know that was. I mean, because we pretty much just sell food. Like, who goes? You. <laughs> that was actually very true of um, when I worked at Pizza Hut. Black Friday is the most boring day at a Pizza Hut. Like. Who wants food the day after Thanksgiving? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've got leftovers out the wazoo. Like, why Why are you going to go shopping? Why are you going to... Now, sadly, Thanksgiving, yeah. busy day at a pizza hut. Oh, well, yeah. gross. Uh, I think I think Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was a half day. We would be open until, like, four. And the same with, like, Christmas Eve. And we got Christmas off at Pizza Hut. Okay. Shittier company than the one I worked. All right. Now. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for coming. Please um, rate, Review. subscribe. Check all the links down Review. below. Email us at glowingweekpointpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, you can send us things you want to talk about. You want know send us some shade for. Um, blizzard because they're check out our instagram because i put up some uh uh, pictures of me in a horrible ugly jacket that i love you can check that out (laughs) also check out my website because i wrote some things i did you can you can go to my website and you can see a couple of like small essays i wrote about video games it's it's 
I I got a burst of inspiration and I wrote, I mean, sub one thousand word articles, but articles. <laughs> <laughs> the dreamscaper and the magic of friendship. Well, not the <gasps> dreamscaper. The dreamscaper <laughs> and. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, everyone. Uh, share this with someone. Actually, you know, really, please share this with someone. Yeah, anybody? Um, People on the street? People on yeah. the street! <laughs> uh, share this with someone who cares about the environment, because we should all care about the environment. At least half as much as Captain Planet does. Yeah, and uh, if if you if you share this with someone who cares about the environment, then I will personally share you the power of of love and magic no no it's the ring oh or is it the power of love like huey lewis (laughs) Bye. bye